started that. Holy shit, what happens there? Ready because <laughs> you gave me the opportunity to screw with you. Right. Um, I mean, you didn't screw anyways. with me. I was already recording. Oh, you know what? Fuck this shit. Right. There we go. That that should be better. Right. Fuck um, this whole thing, dude. You know what? This episode's over. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> All right. Now, now. Three, two, one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point. Uh, this is episode four, I think, because three just happened and, and we canceled it. So um, I'm your host, John. With me, as always, my co-host, uh, it's... Bob. What? <laughs> Who? You. That's not. That's not my name. That's not my name. <laughs> I figured I'd go with your legal name this time. You just out you to the world. Yeah, Bob. No, nobody has been named Bob since like 1964. You know, uh, not since Bobby I Kennedy. Say, I was gonna say something along the lines of like, my uncle is Bob. But um but he goes by Robert, right? Nowadays, yes. Right. And also the, uh, the timeline still fits. Right. Um, not since 1964. Not since 1964. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know his actual birthday, but my dad is 49. 1949. So um can't have been too far off from that. Yeah, ma- timeline matches up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that wasn't my name. I'm your favorite <laughs> soy cook, uh, Wombat. Hello, soy everybody. Soy cook? Yep, soy cook. <laughs> oh, soy cook. Yeah. Okay, I heard soy cook, and I was like, no. What the fuck? No. I'm, 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 no, so- soy cook. So- soy cook, I yeah. I agree with, for yeah. sure. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> Anyways, uh... Well, What's man, your glowing weak point, John? What's your glowing weak point? <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. I mean, we said it at the same time. No, I said mine first. No, no. I mean, unfortunately, you handle the edit, so despite the fact... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can make whatever you want be true. You also so, think uh, that that first introduction isn't going to be in the episode, and it totally is. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I 100% believe it is, which is why I said episode four, which we just finished, or three, whichever one. It's all accounted for here. Right. I know that you're a shit editor, so. Damn! <laughs> You have to actually do editing in order to not be a shit editor. I do editing. So, uh, <laughs> lies. <laughs> lies and slander to all the good names of editors everywhere. Listen, I'm um, not denying that I'm a shit editor. Right? <laughs> but I do, but I do edit. <laughs> you know, I do my noise reduction. I make sure everything is timed correctly. I, I fucking, uh, I cut out no. long pauses when we take breaks and shit, you know? No. I, I do that. Yes, I do. No. 
No. You don't listen to the episodes. Don't fucking no. lie to me. <laughs> no, because my audio just depresses me too much. Right. Uh, yeah, and yours. Yeah. Um, I don't like listening back any- to my own voice. Uh, I don't have a problem with my voice. I have a problem with the recording of my voice. Not because I don't like to listen to me. It's I don't like how our shitty equipment works. Or rather, doesn't. Right. Anyways, um, Logan Weak Point. Huh. Yep, yours. I, uh, I, I should have prepared ahead for this. Yeah, I mean, it's, we do but, this every week. You would think we yes, would, like, but, think about it ahead of time. And yet, usually it, I have your time to think about it. It always catches us off guard. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Um,. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the whole name of the show right um well i have a thing that i'm pissed off about that doesn't sound like a um, glowing weak point though i i i ordered a bunch of really cool journaling things uh from amazon and uh amazon was supposed to have delivered it three days ago and uh they didn't you so. know actually I ordered a fucking video game from Amazon that, oh. that was supposed to release and be delivered to me in early November. Um, yeah. And it gets here today, supposedly. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I understand your pain. <laughs> yeah, it it blows. Yeah. Um, I have been eating breakfasts. I had a egg casserole, like a sausage, egg, cheese, bread, egg casserole. That was delightful. And I also had uh, a quiche. I baked a quiche as well. And boy, do I love quiche. It, it, you, it's you love such quiche? a delightful food. I love quiche. I come from a, a family of loving quiche. It's such a tasty food. Uh, There's like a specific quiche that my mom would make that I remember liking. But every other quiche I've ever had in my life, I've hated. Like, I I, I don't know. It's just she made she made these little mini quiche things and I don't remember what was in them. But was when I was in middle school, they were the fucking coolest thing ever. And. Okay. And I've never had a good quiche since then. Not once. Where have you had your quiches since? Are they all like store-bought quiche? I mean, some or... of them have been store-bought quiche, which is obvious it's not going to be good, you know? No. But I have had um, like homemade quiches from people as well. Okay. And they they hmm. weren't as good. Hmm. I don't know. Like taste? Texture? What are we talking about here? Taste. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, know. it's such a simple thing. It's, I mean, you, you need to have a good pie crust, which is true for anything that uses a pie crust. Right. Uh, the store-bought pie crust will always be shit. Yeah. The, there's, it's irredeemable. You need a nice, flaky pie crust. Um, And then, aside from that, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's whatever you put in it, eggs, salt, and pepper. Maybe a, a dash of sugar, 
just to give it a little little bit more brightness to it. But that's it. I think hers were like a spinach thing. Yeah, yeah. The quiche Lorraine, I believe. That might is, be is it. what it's called. I always put um, spinach in mine because uh, it's spinach is incredibly healthy and also disgusting when cooked. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like one of the worst things yeah. <laughs> after being cooked. I love a spinach salad. Like I I can I can chomp on a spinach salad all day long. But if spinach gets but even like slightly warm, it becomes the most disgusting thing that's ever It's it becomes pretty vile. <laughs> yeah. Um so if you can put it in something tasty and and when you're eating quiche, a spinach quiche of any sort, you do not detect spinach at all. Like, it's green. You can see that it's got spinach in it. Yes. You cannot taste it at all. No, it's like a filler. (laughs) Yeah, which is incredible. Like, of course, if you're going to put a filler in this, put, like, two packs of spinach. Because it's... You're you're not going to... And you can get the freezer packs of, like, the shredded spinach. Nobody gives a shit. Like, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I care. There. I care. Don't get frozen spinach. I, I don't uh, th- fuck you with would, frozen you vegetables. You never detect it. <laughs> Just like on a principal level, though. I don't fuck with frozen vegetables. Uh, vegetables are perfect for freezing. But I mean, anyways, you can say that, uh, I've, but I don't care. I've, I've been enjoying uh, lots of... of pre-made breakfasts is in like prepared and advanced cool not not like i bought them what's your glowing weak point uh my glowing weak point is i i started i i started a new account in runescape john uh what was wrong with the last one uh there's nothing wrong with it i'm still working on it just like passively in the background uh huh but, but you you got bored of it and quit no, uh, so there's an, there's a game mode in RuneScape called Iron Man where you do everything yourself and you don't trade with anybody, right? Uh, yeah. And so I started, I started an Iron Man account and that's been eating up all of my time. And it's so fun and interesting because it's, it's just constantly like, like, um, you run across something that you need to do. And then there's like five steps to get there, right? So, for example, mm-hmm. I got like a I got a clue scroll while while I was doing some skilling, and you know every there's there's good rewards for an Iron Man from a clue scroll. So I dropped what I was doing, and I was like, "All right, let's go do this." And I do the first step; it's easy to do, right? But then the second step requires me to go to an area that I don't have access to, and the quest to get access to that thing requires me to kill something that is way higher level than what I am. So, first, I go and do a quest that gives me a ton of combat experience just, like, up front. Just, like, here's 30 levels in attack and strength. And now, with a ton of food, I can go and do the quest that gives me access to the area. And after doing those two quests, finally I can do the clue scroll. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's just like, it's really fun doing stuff like that to unlock, uh, like the ability to do more stuff in the game. Um, I really like that. 
So uh, okay. I've just been having a blast doing that while my main account just kind of like sits somewhere passively attacking stuff in retaliation to gain combat experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. This this sounds like a real fun game. I mean, it is. It is to me. <laughs> okay. I I I love RuneScape. <laughs> Good for you. Yep. You want to get into it, John? <sighs> Hello. I suppose so. Okay. <laughs> right, I let's do this. We have. Entirely too much anime to talk about. I mean, we can... Do you want to skip some right off right off the bat? Do you want to get some right out of the way? Alright, uh, I can I can talk about a couple things. Like, uh, I, I watched the first episode of Ragna Crimson. It was uh, like a full 60-minute thing, maybe 90-minute thing. It was really long. Um... And it, it wasn't good enough for me to be willing to watch the rest of it, so I stopped. Right. If you can't get your um, opening movie correct, like, um, yeah, the rest of the episodes like, aren't going to do any better. Oshinoko, Oshinoko, the park. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would watch that again, just as a feature film. Yeah, that, that would be fine. It's good Ragnar as Crimson? a standalone thing. Not, not, not good enough. It's just not good enough. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm in love with the villainous. I watched like two episodes of that and uh, hated the main character so much because she's she's like low key kind of rapey. Um, <laughs> it, it it becomes a much better you you should continue watching it i should i, I should go you, revisit this you should continue watching it cuz i got real creeper it, vibes from the main character yeah no i un- i understand that um, <laughs> i i pretty early on was like what the fuck is wrong with you right <laughs> Cause like like I I understand it. It means it in a comedy sense of like oh step on me, uh, you know whatever. But it's a hundred percent. If it was a dude, people would be disgusted with her. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But um, it steps into some uh pretty deep shit fairly early and and. It's it still keeps up the comedy, you know, romantic comedy sort of uh, a focus throughout, but at the same time, touching on things like lesbianism in Japanese culture and oh uh, yeah, like like it 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 talks about things that don't get talked about, and it is worth it to. To keep watching just to see that. Okay. Do I think it is a good show? No, not not particularly. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's it is it is not like half these shows. If they show up before it, I'll watch them instead. Right. Um. But it it is simultaneously hitting on some some things that are really interesting in anime to be touched on. 
So I think that you should watch it. I don't know that everyone should watch it. I think that you should watch it. Very specifically, Wombat should watch this. Yes. Um, And an aside, talking about things that I don't care about when they come up, is uh, Spy X Family Season 2. Yeah, it's it's taken a while to get anywhere. Season 1 was great. Uh Uh, Season 2, I have enjoyed every episode that has aired. I just haven't given a shit to watch it. I've heard that we're coming up on a good arc, like a boat arc. I've heard good things yeah. about the boat. Um, yeah. I haven't reached the boat yet. I'm a little behind. Okay, you're, you're, you are behind. Yeah. I, I'm like I an episode away from the recent episode, but uh, I, I am at least to the boat. Um, um, I think a big part yeah, of I it just... also, for me, like not being excited for Spy Family 2 is a... Uh, this is by far the worst opening they've had. <laughs> Just like, like, it's to the point where every time I turn it on, I skip the opening now. And I don't skip openings, but I hate this one so much. It's so bad. Yeah, it's it's not a banger. Like, the music isn't good. The, the fucking animation it looks pretty, but means nothing, you know? The stupid jaunting with coffee. Uh-huh. At the end of that, it was dumb. Yeah. Like, like it's very stupid. I, I hate it. Okay. I, I, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, alright. God, everything else I have, like... Okay, my daughter left the nest and returned an S-rank adventurer. Yeah? It's good. I, okay. I thought it was gonna be a little more creepy than it turned out to be and it's not um at least not from his end from her end i feel like she might have some feelings about her dad and i don't like that but from his end he is not returning anything like that and it it also just it could be just that she has like the mentality of a 12 year old for her father but she's grown up like away from him for like five years and now Uh she's like 17 and still has that like 12 year old mentality you know yeah but other than that it's got really good action the main character is super interesting um the story is take it or leave it you know it's whatever (laughs) but the interactions between all of the characters are like a plus everybody's very interesting Um, everything else I have too much to say about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right. There's a, there's a few things I can talk about then on, on my side. Um, Goblin Slayer 2 is, uh, great action set pieces and interesting characters if you've watched the first one. So, uh, if you manage to get through the first one, keep going. It's great. (laughs) If you manage to get through Uh, that first episode. (laughs) Yeah. 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 The Saints Magic Powers Omnipotent, season two. The uh, first season was uh, an anime, <laughs> and uh, this one is also an anime. It is. Um, you if you watch the first one, there hasn't been anything uh, particularly uh, of note either way. So <laughs> It hasn't gotten your better. Choice. It hasn't gotten worse. It's uh, yeah, your, your choice. It's an anime. There's still the... 
the the slight romantic tension and she's still a badass hasn't been much of a badass recently. We don't we haven't gotten to see her be a badass with with power, but um I don't know. I, it's going to be done soon and there won't be a season 3 because it, it, there will be no point in it. Berserk of Gluttony um is a unique take on the main character is overpowered. In this case, it is literally killing him and there's nothing he can do about it. So the, the gist of the show is he has a... Every person is born with a, a divine skill. And some of them are really good, and holy uh, shit, I've never heard this one to, before. To, to be good, and others are, are not good, like his, which is uh, gluttony. Except secretly, uh, it's the best skill that's ever skilled, and you just have yes to know how no. to use it. So it's it's gluttony, which makes him hungry constantly. Uh huh. Um, no matter how much he's fed, he's still hungry. Which I don't really think but, is what gluttony is. It's just the way it uh, appears in that way. Uh, he then happens to kill someone, and his gluttony skill activates, and he gains uh, all of the killed uh, person's stats and skills. So because yes. he has one of the seven deadly sins. Uh, uh, hey, I've heard uh, of that show. Uh, skills which are an affront to God, and thus he is heretical by his very being. Um, which means he can't come out as having the skill. Uh, he has to hide everything constantly. Hold or on. Else he will be put to death. But didn't God make the skills? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the church is the one with the power. Um. Okay. And, so it's not an affront and, to God so much as it is an affront to no. the church that thinks they speak yeah. for God. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Um. And uh, the the flip side of this is that, like, yeah, he can he can do this. He can keep going on and killing things and getting stronger. But um, now that he's killed one person and Gluttony is fully activated, if he does not consume enough souls um, within a certain period of time, then uh, Gluttony just takes over and uh, he he functionally dies. And his his body will be wielded by gluttony until such time as someone kills it. Um, and every time he satisfies gluttony, gluttony gets more hungry. So he has to keep killing more and different uh, creatures, humans, whatever. Because he... He already expended, like, he, he killed a whole bunch of kobolds at his uh, his home country. And then after a bit, it was like, oh, well, the hunger isn't sated anymore. You're full on this. Gotta go kill something else now. So eventually, he will just die. So, because there, there is no end to it. So it's kind of like that part of Death Note where Light just gets, like, super into killing people like as opposed to when he was like like 
kind of like a moral crusader kind of thing. He's just like anybody who does anything kind of slightly ish wrong, I I kill. Except he has like a supernatural influence driving him to do this. Not having seen Death Note, sure. Okay. I guess Light technically yeah. also had a supernatural influence driving him to do it. Not in the same way, though. No, like, if if Light didn't do it, would he have died? No. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> a little different thing. He could have stopped at any point. <laughs> so, it, it is interesting that, you know, almost every isekai nowadays, and a lot of action uh, stuff, is just, like, I am the strongest and, and watch me be overpowered. Right. Uh, this guy is overpowered, for sure, because, I mean... Anything he wants, he can have just by killing it, and then he has all of their stats, and and it's it's additive. So if he kills a thing with two million stats, he gets two million stats. But there's a trade-off, at least. But there's a trade-off in that um, he's going to die, and he's started himself on this path, and there's nothing anyone can do. And and we're pretty deep into the, the season, and it it doesn't seem like there's a but if we get the MacGuffin, then he won't die, and he could turn it off. No, it's just, he's... He's gonna die. He's, he's gonna die. He's gonna die. It's just a matter of what he can do with his time before that happens. Is he so, going to go down in history as one of the world's greatest villains, or as, like, a tragic hero kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. Um... Uh, if you're uh, if you're looking for an anime to watch, uh, I would not hesitate to say it's it's pretty good. Um, if you're already watching some of the things that we're both watching that we're about to talk about, um, then don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, get yours out of the way. Uh, Undead Unluck, get that one out of the way. Yeah. Uh, this is probably one of the best shows this season. Um, fuck, dude. It It's like... Okay, so Undead Unluck is named after the abilities of the two main characters. Undead is a guy that uh, the, main, the Unluck girl calls Andy. And Andy is undead. Meaning that okay. nothing can kill him. Like, he can, you know, Wolverine style, like, if you, if you destroy you you break him down to like atoms he will regenerate from the atoms you know wow yeah and and he is looking for a way to die and he thinks he finds it in her unluck ability now the unluck girl her name is fuko and and her thing is that anybody she touches has uh unluck come upon them you know, like, j just bad things happen to them. And the length of time they're touching her, how much they touch her, like, the, the area of skin they touch, uh, and, yeah. and the kind of touching that is done all play a factor into this. So, you know, if a stranger just kind of bumps into her on the street, he might, like, trip and fall over and, like, bust his face, right? But... Yeah. Her parents gave her very deep hugs before they went on a trip. 
uh, when she was a child. And their plane crashed and everybody on board died. So, so that's the kind of like disparity that her, her thing can, uh, can cause. Yeah. Now there are people with similar powers to them who are hunting down all of the people in the world and, and objects that have these kinds of powers and, and they want to kill them. But after they manage to kill one of the two people who comes after them from this group, the other one says, if you can kill one other person in our group, I'll, I'll like put a good word in for you. You know, you can just join us and then we don't have to like kill you or run experiments on you. You can just be one of us and like hang out. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do that. And what ends up happening is they kill, uh, an old friend of Andy's, the one who ha- captured him for this organization, like ages before, um, and, and had fallen in love with him. And she's, she's presented as this like super tragic character who really wanted to change things, but was unable to during her lifetime, just because of like circumstance and the limitations of her power and everything. Right. Okay. And so, so her death becomes a motivating factor specifically for Foucault to really try and change what the organization is about, you know, the whole killing and experimenting on people thing. Yeah. Um, and the, the way that they use her power throughout the series is, okay. So the undead guy can like, he can choose to like chop off his finger. Right. And then, and then like shoot his finger at people. Look, like like, like he uses the explosive force of his regeneration so that when he his new finger regenerates, it shoots the part of the finger that he chopped off at other people. That's kind of the way it works, right? Yeah. And, and he uses this to get around. He he uses it by like like destroying his legs and then using the regeneration of his legs to propel him into the sky and kind of half-ass fly around and shit. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Um, and they end up fighting a lot of people where that's not like a super great ability for him to have. <laughs> but the combination of their abilities allows them to take out threats that they could not by themselves. So like, yeah, he, she will give him like a kiss, right? And then he'll go and grab the the enemy and and then like a few minutes a few seconds later a meteor will come from the sky and and kill the uh, the guy and it would kill the undead guy too except he's undead yeah yeah Yeah. so so that's that's the way they get around a lot of their problems um and he's hoping that the the further along they get, like eventually she'll have unluck bad enough that it'll actually kill him. Um, mm-hmm. And what he thinks that m- might cause that is them having sex. I mean, when you said the type and yeah. the length, 
than the amount uh-huh. of, uh, of of contact. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but she refuses to do that until like like she's actually in love with him because like she has feelings and shit, you know. So mm-hmm. so now he's going to stick by her side until she falls in love with him and can kill him. <laughs> it's great. It's great. This show is amazing. <laughs> oh man. And the the other abilities that people have are really interesting too. Like there's a guy who seems to be able to make people just approach him like like he takes over their entire will and, and like like when they first run into her run into him um fuko tries to run towards andy but then she ends up just walking backwards into this guy and then she's unable hmm. to move and when andy tries to fight the guy uh he's able to like like block every single one of Andy's attacks as if he knows where they're going to come from. Hmm. Like, like it's, it's, it's very interesting. The, the powers they have because they set it up. So, so like there are rules of the world and then their rule, their powers break those rules. Right. Or they, they rather they negate the rule. So, so like, Andy Andy is negating the rule of death that reigns over the world, right? So mm-hmm. he's she's negating the rule of luck. Yeah. And so uh, whenever they fight people like this, a big part of being able to defeat them is figuring out what rule that person negates. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay. I would highly yeah, recommend everybody cool. watch it. <laughs> I've got so much to watch though. I know, same. I'm not I'm not even watching everything I want to watch. There's just too yeah. much. <laughs> um But now we can get into the stuff that we've both watched. Alright. Well, The Eminence in Shadow Season 2 is still an incredible anime. God, um, this show is so it's, cool. It's it's so bad. I love it. It's <laughs> I'm I'm not even I'm not gonna say that anymore. Like I used to be like it's so bad, it's good. No, it's so fucking rad, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> My Alright, like this is this is something you just have to go watch this. Yes. This is this is like one of the the like three shows that we're gonna say. Like I don't care. Go watch this. If you're not into isekai, shut the fuck up. Go watch this. Go watch yeah, this. I, 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 <laughs> if you hate isekai, watch it. You'll love it. You don't. You're not into action. Watch this fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> um. The 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 one thing that I loved uh, that I wanted to pick out is um the part of the. Uh, the the core of this show is that he is the tuniest fucking person ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, three or four episodes into the season, his sister, 
um, has this like is has this flashback with uh, or or is taken her mind is taken to another place by the the witch or the demon queen witch person uh, from season one and and her power is unlocked as a hero and she's able to do things and and so she comes back you know having experienced actual power that is within her that she didn't know before that was a secret and she talks to her brother and she's like I need you to help me. I've got a power locked inside this, my right hand, and I need... <laughs> it, it sounds like... She's doing some shitty shit. shit. <laughs> like, I have seen dozens, I mean literal dozens of anime that have had characters that have been made fun of for saying literally word for word what she said. Uh-huh. And... All of those are all fucking bullshit <laughs> and are rightly made fun of. In this time, she literally does have the power locked inside of her. And her brother's like, huh, this girl, like, I, I you know, I remember that stage, you know. I'll, you know. <laughs> and it's because, it's because he missed that entire thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and also, like, he still doesn't believe any of the shit that he says. Like every single time he opens his mouth and says something, it, it's it's truth. He but he doesn't know that. He's bullshitting what actually is. Like he thinks he's just fucking around with the entire population of this other world. Yeah. Like as a game. But he uh-huh. he's actually genuinely fighting against an evil sect <laughs> of an ancient cult. <laughs> yeah, but he thinks it's like set pieces set up by his childhood buddies. Right. To... <laughs> when, no, it's it's legit. It's all legit. And like, I go back uh. and forth on believing that he believes that. Because sometimes, sometimes I'm like, there's no way you don't know this is real, right? There are times where it's like, there's no way you can't know this is real. (laughs) Yeah, it's insane. Because he he does very regularly just straight up murder people. What does he think Uh he's doing there? Like, in that arc, he killed the bad guy instantaneously. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the point where I didn't recognize that was the bad guy. I had to look up who the bad guy was supposed to be of that arc. And I realized that, he, oh, he murdered that guy as soon as he saw him. <laughs> and it's like, what do you think you're doing there, Sid? What, what, what do you... <laughs> Do you think they just yeah. they they somehow paid somebody to be murdered by you? Like <laughs> What is happening? Uh, I love it. Um I also I love, love his show. interactions with the fox lady in the more recent episodes where he's yeah. completely bullshitting through this entire counterfeit <laughs> plan that they have. 
and, and he steps on his words so often, but because she thinks he's a genius, he's able to just like shut up. He knows when to shut up. That's that's the big thing. Is, is he knows when he's fucked up and to stop talking. You know, so so he'll he'll realize he said something stupid, and then she'll work through it instead and say the actual smart thing, and then say, "Oh, that's what you must have been trying to tell me." <laughs> I I love it. It's. It's awesome. Yeah. The the whole show is awesome. The whole show is awesome. Uh all right. Um we'll we'll save this one for last. Okay. Fair. Um <laughs> Ron Kimonohashi's Forbidden Deductions are um they're interesting. This is a cool uh, show. It, it really feels like it should be a boys love show. Um like it it really feels like it should be boys love. It does, but I think they're going to set up Toto and his boss. I forget her name. Oh, yeah, probably. But, uh, the, yeah, it, like, it, it really feels like it. The, he's surrounded by beautiful men, and um, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I was um, super surprised. I found out that this show, the, the manga, was written... By the fucking guy who did Katakyo Hitman Reborn, which is like the coolest but also most disappointing shonen of the 2000s. Like, <laughs> and to learn okay. that he went on to do like this really cool, like, detective show with weird supernatural powers, I'm like, huh. Huh. <laughs> I, I look forward to this show every week. Like, this is one of the ones where it's like, it comes out, I watch it. You know? J- just like, the yeah. moment I see it up on Crunchyroll, it's like, okay, let's go. Whatever I'm doing, we stop. We're watching this instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very interesting. Yeah. The, the, the murders themselves are all kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's not been one yet that's really, like, been, huh. Well, except maybe the one they're in the middle of right now. Um, the, the, yeah. uh, the closed circle the mystery they're in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, conveniently, while they have a closed circle, uh, mystery instructor on hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's gonna keep happening, <laughs> probably. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. Yeah, I, it's not one of my favorite, but I would easily pick it to watch it before uh, Spike, Spike's family. <laughs> I just love detective shit. Just like uh, it's great. Just, just shoot it directly into my veins, please. <laughs> All right, so uh, we've got a couple of sequels here. Uh, Dead Mount Death Play Part Two. Technically, um, just a continuation of the first season. Yeah, it's it's the second core. Yeah. Um, it's such an interesting world. And such an interesting set of characters. And I feel like it moves like molasses. 
it feels like so much happens in a single episode, and then also like nothing has happened at all. Yeah, you, you're, you're wrapped <laughs> the entire time, and then it gets to the end, and you're like, nothing Wait, has fundamentally changed. What? <laughs> Where's the rest of the episode? Like, I what really, happened? I thought the tall guy was gonna be like such an important part of the show. And, uh-huh. and then, like, there's one big fight with the tall guy, and it seems like he's just going to fuck off for the rest of the season, most likely. Yep, basically. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> but he's an uh, interesting Dr. character, at least. He is! <laughs> uh, Dr. Stone, New World, uh, again, this is the part two, the, the second core of that. Um... One of those I have not it, been able to uh, get to because of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dr. Stone has also slowed down quite a bit. Um, that's also what I was expecting as well. The, the, the technological advancements are not as... <clears throat> there aren't as many giant leaps forward. Like, once... Uh, when you're starting out, yeah, you can make some giant leaps from, like, <coughs> Stone Age to Iron Age to, you know, beyond. Yeah, once but, you have the requisite knowledge, you can skip a whole bunch of portions of, like, human history that took centuries or even, like, thousands of years to get through. But, like, once you know how to get through it, you can skip to the next stage pretty easily. You know, like, you don't need to live in the Stone Age for long. Because you know how to make yeah. bronze. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they they do still make, th- like, uh, just as a spoiler, I guess, one of the things they make uh, is a drone. Um, like a huh. little quadcopter. Okay. Um, and... You know, it's that uh, that's a pretty big leap. Like you, you're having like a remote controlled flying thing. That's I mean, that's, that's pretty that's pretty late uh, <laughs> late term stuff. Right. But different from the beginning, where it's like, all right, here's the big old uh, blueprint of how we're gonna get there and go through all these things, and then work through those. It's like here's the blueprint. And then we did it. And... I see. It's skipping a lot of the in-between. Which is part of the reason I feel like Dr. Stone worked. Yeah. Like, I... I, Dr. Stone was never going to teach anyone science. No. Um, The closest it could do is maybe teach someone a love for science. It can totally do that. It is not... It is not a learning thing. It, while it, it did teach you stuff, or at, or at least provided you with accurate information for these things combined to do this, which combined to do this, it, it was it was more interesting seeing Sinku start with nothing and take raw materials or things he had previously made and rework them to be a new thing. And that was the really interesting part of it. Less so the fights, although that was also cool, and and Gen being all mind magic-y, uh, mentalist-y. I mean, 
I um, think back to the beginning of the show and like what like really made me fall in love with it, right? And it opens up with a big like multi-episode arc that is basically just figuring out how to make gunpowder. Right? And and you go through each step of 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 finding something that will uh will move you on to that next space. Yeah. And and and, and, and then you actually get to the solution. Yeah, and, and then you set up the next goal and it takes several episodes to get to, right? Yeah. And, and like the slow pace was kind of part of the charm because science is a slow process, you know? Very. It's <laughs> a very slow process. But like you go through in the modern era, each advancement that we make is so tiny now <coughs> and it takes yeah. years to get to. Uh-huh. You know? And, and so yeah. once it hit the part where it was like Okay, we need this thing, and by the end of the that episode, they have the thing. It it, it loses a bit of interest. Yeah, which I think was what made like the uh, the interim movie actually so good was was it it did the the multi episode thing within the course of the movie. It was like okay, yeah. we need the power of flight and the power of like. Like radar technology and shit, and, and and the ability not just to fly but to navigate while flying, and then we finally get all of those things and we're able to put them together, and it's still a struggle to get through, you know. And yeah. that's that's fucking science. Yes, <laughs> that's the way it works. It doesn't most of the time, right? <laughs> But but no. when when it's just like oh we need a drone five minutes later here's the drone it's like uh and it it wasn't quite five minutes later but like it 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 definitely was pretty quick yeah it there's a lot of hand waving happening throughout the the new season and it's mostly focused on the the socio-military, like, trying to beat the enemy. Right, like, what's kept me from going to it has been, like, I know what they're about to do. They're about to spend this season, like, infiltrating the fucking uh, King's Palace or whatever on this island, right? And it's like, that holds zero interest to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Within within the context of this show, spy work has zero interest for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of feel the same. <laughs> so I mean they're 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 past that at this point. Oh thank they're, god. They're now actually they're they're actually at the combat. Okay, so maybe but... I can binge through that and get get to the good shit pretty quickly. <laughs> Because the combat yeah. is at least more interesting to me than espionage. Yeah, I I would say there wasn't too much espionage per se. Okay. Um. But yeah, there was some. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Shangri-La Frontier. 
God, we we were both gonna skip out on this show. A hundred percent. Both yeah, this of us. This was one that I was like, no, I'm not. Uh, uh-uh. this is this is yet another stupid video game isekai. I've got enough shit on my plate. I mean, if had this season not had uh, two or three shows, sure, I would have watched it. Um, just because you know I I like watching lots and lots of anime. Um, <laughs> Shangri La Frontier. By, like, two different people <laughs> to watch it. Shangri La Frontier gets me on like such a such a fundamental level. It understands me personally, me and my relationship with games. <laughs> <laughs> just like uh. like when you know you you know in your heart in your mind in your soul that what you are playing is absolute dog shit it is trash it is horrible but He's there's talking about uh runescape right now <laughs> <for those not. laughs> but there is <laughs> there is one thing in the game that is like it it, it enraptures you right and, and and it washes away the bad taste of everything else and you're able to just just plow through and really enjoy a game and then when it's all over you fucking rage out yeah <laughs> yeah no it, it does yeah it gets a I'm convinced this is the only video game anime that has been written by a person who has played video games. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I I understand what you're saying. Because like even the good ones before didn't really get what people like about games, you know? Yeah, this one gets it. It does. It understands. <laughs> it focuses so much on the like tiny bullshit that is really what you're interacting with on on like a moment to moment basis within a game. Like 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 yeah. His, <clears throat> his interactions with the skills and being like, "Oh, this one is trash." Like I can just I can uh, I get this one and I can never look at it again. You know? I yeah. I <laughs> And then, or another one that he thinks is trash, but then he runs into a situation in the game where he's forced to look around and be like, what can I use to get through this? And then he's like, you know what? Come here, little guy. Come here. Maybe, maybe you weren't so trash after all. Maybe I misjudged you. It's like that. That's exactly my relationship with like some keyblades in Kingdom Hearts, right? Like I get a keyblade uh-huh. and I'm like, this one has less strength and less magic than any of my other keyblades right now. And the, the fucking. The skill doesn't even seem that interesting. And then I run into a boss and I'm like, that skill might come in handy right now, dude. <laughs> on the other hand, maybe you weren't worthless. Right? Come on out of the inventory, little guy. Uh, I and love it. The The other flip side to this is that Shangri-La Frontier is 
gorgeous. Yes, it's so well animated. Visually, it's so it is incredible. Beautiful. Oh my god, I want to play this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even the anime version of this game. Yeah. Uh it's it's real good. Um all right, we just have three more to talk about. Helk is uh just wrapping up its um flashback. And is it a Helk flashback? It's a Helk flashback. Okay. I'm guessing it explains like what actually happened between him and his brother. Yes, it takes a really it uh, honestly it's like 5 or 6 episodes. Oh Jesus. Yeah, it's a long flashback. Oh, you know um, what? That it, I might have stopped watching right before this started then. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very interesting. Um it feels like a different show in a way. I mean, it would have to, um, right? I I am excited for it to get back to uh, the the show I started to watch. <laughs> um I not there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's very different. Um It's like when One Piece takes a time out in the middle of an arc to be like, here's five episodes about how Robin ended up where she was. <laughs> like a, okay, I mean it's it's interesting and it's Yeah. It's but, um, it's really cool, but like Usopp was just shooting down the world government flag, and, like, I, I really want to get back to that, because... Yeah, can, can, we, can we return to the action? <laughs> um, so, I, I think we talk about this again in a few weeks, so we'll, we'll see... We'll see how I feel about it then. Yeah, I'll definitely <laughs> have caught up by then, too, so... Okay. Now for, uh, honestly, like one of the, the, pretty much the two best shows of the season. The Apothecary Diaries. Oh my God. Which, this is another show that I was like, actually, this was on my to watch list, but I never put it on Crunchyroll watch list. It was just on my my written watch list of like, I'll watch this. And then I never went into Crunchyroll and found it. And then at that point it was just like it was it was way past time. And I was like, I'm not gonna go back. I've got I've got enough stuff to watch. I don't need to watch all the things that I was like, maybe on I'll just we'll just leave it. Wait, is it on Crunchyroll? Yeah. Oh shit it is. I've been watching this on our uh third party site because I could not locate it on Crunchyroll. <laughs> yeah, no it is. Um and I I had I I was I was done with it. It was like, all right, the, we'll we'll just we'll just leave it. And then I had three people <laughs> specifically tell me you have to watch this show. It's it's the best show of the season. And I was like, no, you're wrong. It's the show we're going to talk about next. And then they went, "All right, you're fair." That, that's that's correct. That that one is the best one, but this one is the next best. <laughs> and so I started watching the Apothecary Diaries, and then I finished watching the Apothecary Diaries in the same night. Uh, we stayed up late. It was terrible. We watched all of it. Um, that was out at the time. It was like six episodes. Um, 
Oh, so that was like this week. No, nah, it was it was a couple weeks ago. I guess I guess it was only four. Yeah, it is an incredible show. It's so good. It it has no right to be, but it's an incredible show. It's so engaging, like on a moment to moment basis. The characters are interesting. The situations are interesting. It's the the whole setting is interesting. It's not very often that you see ancient Chinese um, history play out in a anime. Uh, it's telling it's... me a story that I've never seen before. Yeah, but like a truly original thing, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that alone is worth it. But then it's actually good, and the characters are all engaging and interesting, um. and I want to learn more about them. And like, <laughs> even when people fuck up and do like awful things, you still understand the humanity behind their choice, you know. Yeah, like um, pretty early on, I don't think this is a spoiler. Um, there are two concubines with uh, sick children, right? And the main character passes on a note to both of them to stop using this white powder makeup thing on the children because it's actually poison. And one of them, uh, listen, uh, like like follows through the with the instructions on the thing, and her baby survives. And the other one discards the note entirely and her child dies and and she very nearly does too and she very nearly does as well um but she doesn't come across as like a monster for making that decision right she comes across as a person who is untrusting of outside information especially like unsourced information right mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> And it has fatal consequences, but it's not, it's not like a truly horrendous decision that she made. No. Um, and she doesn't, like, by the time they meet again later, she has to know that the main, the main character is the one who gave her that information. Um, yeah. And she doesn't, like, hold a grudge against her for it in any way, which I thought was really going to be a thing that happened, like blaming her for her baby's death, you know? Yeah. But she doesn't. Like, like I, I mean, I could 100% see it. <laughs> like, they, they end up being very friendly with each other. And it was surprising, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be the own reason for their, uh, their errors. Yeah. And, and within that same arc, there's uh, one of her servants is continuing to use that white powder makeup on her, which almost causes the concubine to die. And yeah. the main character unleashes hell upon this person. <laughs> it was an excellent section. Yes, it is. It is one of the best written, like, confrontation scenes of this season that I've seen in anything recently. Really? Yeah. Like, like yeah. No, I mean, it, in, in a while, yeah. Just dressing down this person for their complete incompetence and, and like, it, it, 
ignoring the rules and and everything but you still like like you see the humanity within this person who made this colossal fuck up mm-hmm. you know yeah they have fucked up but it's not like oh you're you're an evil person you're it's, just an you're idiot you're a human you're, you're a human who is an idiot yeah because all humans are idiots <laughs> And it's uh, I wish this whole thing was out already. I wish there were ten more seasons of this. I yeah. <laughs> I just want to watch this person live her life for the rest of my life, One Piece style. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't argue with that in the slightest. It's, <laughs> it's a fantastic show, and and I I agree. It would be I. I I hope there is a lot more. And then finally, we have Freerin Beyond Journey's End. Oh my god. <sighs> I, I've, Where do you I even cry start? at the anime all the time. Uh-huh. I, all the time. I I I'm a I'm a big I'm a big sissy. Big old crybaby. <laughs> yeah, I uh, have no problem crying about, you know, you know, happy endings or, or sad times. Um, and it's usually the last episode of the season when we're all, everyone's very, very like attached to the characters Uh and, and something happens. And it usually takes at least two-thirds of the season to get attached to the characters. I got attached to the characters within three minutes. It does. Within five minutes, I was crying. <laughs> I didn't stop crying until the end of, of episode three. The- and it's not... I wouldn't say it's it's a I mean it's sad but it's not like oh let's just go cry sad it's it's touching yeah it's meaningful you you, you cry because you care because after 3 minutes of watching you love these characters You've you've known these characters your whole life and and their whole lives and you've watched their entire journey that you haven't even seen, but just in the animation, in the way they talk to each other, in the way they look at each other, you know, you feel the depth of their bond with each other. You feel the journey that they've just spent like twenty years doing. <laughs> Ten years. Ten years. Fine. Yeah. But, but like, you've, you've experienced ten years of journey without experiencing any of it just by looking in their eyes. You know. You see it. Yeah. And, and you're instantly attached. Yeah, it, it does such a good job of ju- just implying a whole journey with, uh, like, words. You know? Mm-hmm. J- just... I mean, like you said, the way they speak to each other just <clears throat> implies like, like so much, 
so much trust and knowledge of each other and and love for each other. And truly. And yeah, the first episode will have have you crying and and yeah. you've never you've seen nothing of this journey but you feel sorry to watch it end. Yeah. Um, and then the show keeps going. Yes. <laughs> I've probably cried three or four times since then. And it's it's not every time like, oh, yeah, remember they all died? It, or, or, hey, this person you thought was still alive is now dying again? No. More often now, it's crying of, of seeing Freeran take what she learned in that journey. And applying it forward. Taking the, oh, I didn't get to learn this thing. So now I'm going to do it. Now I'm going to. That thing that I missed, I'm not missing it again. That thing that my my friend taught me of, of what he liked, I'm going to put move that forward now. I'm going to remember them in this. I'm going to... And... Fuck. <laughs> so much of it for me is watching her application of like the, her biggest regret is that she feels like she didn't learn enough about specifically Himmel, but also like Heiter and Eisen throughout their journey together, right? Like she didn't uh-huh. listen to them enough. She didn't she she didn't like like pick up on everything they meant when they were saying it and stuff like that. And so in her journey with Fern and Stark, she pays attention like (laughs) all of the time to what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're feeling. She is, she is making sure she knows who they are like at every, every step of the way, you know? Yeah. And that's that's my favorite part is watching watching that particular application mm-hmm. of her lessons. Uh, I I also like the flip side of that of she knows them better than they know them because she sees her friends in them in ways that she doesn't even realize necessarily. Like she yeah. knows that the the warrior that she's with is going to act the way because. She knows the warrior she was with acted that way, and he, and he taught this one. Yeah, and because of that, she knows everything about this person, but she doesn't even know that. That's because she knows everything about the other one. Yeah, she just doesn't realize it. Like she's so intimately close with Eisen, and she sees Eisen within Stark. But but she doesn't ever look backwards and be like, oh, so like this is, oh, I get it. I knew more about Aizen than I thought I did. It mm-hmm. It's it's it is just looking forward. Right. Like, like so much yeah. of her thing is like, like remembering the past, um, taking lessons from the past, but not reexamining it. But like. There's no reason to. You move forward with life. Mm -hmm. 
And like I think, and on top of that, <laughs> go ahead. I think that's also part of like what I'm getting from like her flashbacks with a uh, flame, flame. You know, yeah. like she has this regret with Himmel specifically. Like, like I wish I'd gotten to know him better and everything. But she doesn't apply that to anybody else. And particularly Flamme, like, she could be, like, she clearly is attached to her old teacher. She loves her. She remembers her fondly and everything, right? But she doesn't have those same regrets, despite the fact that, like, by her own admission, she doesn't feel like she's ever really grown close to anybody before Mm -hmm. that journey, you know? Before they went to go defeat the Demon King. And just that it's not like a refusal to recognize it, but more just like a it's unnecessary. Yeah. Like it, it, you don't have to recognize what Flame meant to you because I mean, she's long dead. It doesn't matter. Um, but the people who are right next to you are still alive. They're here now. And you can appreciate them in the moment, taking those lessons from the past. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, it has fantastic music. I love the ending music. Yes. Um, uh, it has incredible art and animation. It's, it's just a gorgeous show from its you know, top level, just purely to look at, all the way down to its core of its writing. It is a gorgeous show. It's so good. (sighs) On to the facts. The game facts. The facts about the Starglider. Man. We're moving on from Freerin to some fucking bullshit. Starglider is a 3D video game developed by Jezsan slash Argonaut Software and published by Rainbird for the Atari ST, Amiga, Amstrad CPC, (laughs) Amstrad PCW, (laughs) Apple II, ZX Spectrum, MS-DOS, and Commodore 64. What is an Amstrad, John? (laughs) It's It's a computer. It's just a computer. It's another one yeah, of those. Yeah. Like... yeah. A- Amstrad was a, a company that produced a, a whole bunch of personal computers. CPC standed for a color personal computer. Standed for? And uh, Yeah, standed for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it stood for that. Uh, and the PCW was the personal computer word processor. Oh, so you could write on that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. In Starglider, you play as the pilot of a Novenian prototype fighter, the sole opponent of the mechanized invading Egron battleships, as you fly across the surface of Novenia, blasting your enemies with lasers and missiles. So it's, yeah. uh, it's Space Invaders? No. No, it's a 3D game. Oh, it's three. Oh, you're right. I, I forgot about that part. Do you want to try again? Um, 
No, I don't have any, um, I don't have any 3D, uh, references for this. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on, then. Accompanied with a novella written by James Follett describing the background, the game had a depth of story surprising for such an early and technically advanced game, even including speech samples for story and characters. Oh, that's fun. Wait, when did this come out? By 1986. Ooh. So this is... This is coming out alongside the first Zelda. Yep. <laughs> and they've got speech for the characters. Wow. Yeah. And it's a 3D game. Yeah. Additionally, Star Glider was one of the first 3D games, and arguably the first 3D game to actually use all the dimensions. Most 3D games before it were played on a single plane, moving through a maze or piloting a tank around with no actual vertical movement. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, nobody had done it before? Uh, functionally. <laughs> I, I was unable to find a commercial-released game that had... The, all three axes the use of 3d it is difficult to look for early 3d games most of them have probably been lost to the sands of time yes yeah which is wild to say about shit that came out 40 years ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like, my parents were playing these games. <laughs> my dad was selling these games. <laughs> it was quite a leap up from its predecessor, Skyline Attack, which we covered back in Season 2, featuring wireframe vector graphics instead of the pixel art scrolling by Gradius... Pixel art scrolling by Gradius style. Its sequel itself was another jump up, using flat-shaded polygons to provide color, volume, and more detailed terrain. I love polygons. Oh my god, such good polygons. Have you that's seen right. the Atari Jaguar? Not the Sega Jaguar, <laughs> the Atari Jaguar. <laughs> I'm glad that we're not mixed up this week. Um... What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The, but anyways, to, to point out, it, it, it did have a sequel, uh, Starglider 2. I do not remember talking about Skyline somewhere. Attack. <laughs> I, I mean, it was season two. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I just have zero mem Like, saying the name triggered nothing in my, my memory banks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that. That was some memory that my mind decided I didn't need. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how long ago was season two? I think that would have been like twenty twenty one, maybe even twenty twenty. No, I, I, we started in twenty twenty, right? We started in twenty twenty. Then it would have been like. Early the 2021. Of, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Very early. Yeah. 
The original was halfway through its port to the NES when Nintendo suggested they wait for the better power of the SNES. They turned that demo into the sequel and then worked with Nintendo to develop not just the Super FX card, but made Star Fox as well with them. And that's what you were hoping was my uh, my, my reference yeah, earlier. Yeah. It's 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 the same. Yeah, it's the same. It, game. It's just straight up the same game. Yeah. <laughs> Star, Star Glider is Star Fox. They just didn't put furries in there. Star Fox has better branding. Yeah. Yeah. For furries. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to be a furry to <laughs> like cute animal characters shooting up <laughs> random spaceships. I don't know the uh-huh, plot yeah. to Star Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've never truly played Star Fox. I might have booted it up for like 30 minutes on my N64 when I had one, and that was yeah. it. Well, it didn't have an awesome novella written for it that came with the game, so I understand. That's true. Get your novellas out there, Star Fox team. There's not a Star Fox team. (laughs) Argonaut Games existed until 2004, when a few too many trash movie tie-ins put them under. But their final game wasn't finally released until 2017, with the release of the Super NES Classic Edition, which featured, for the first time, Star Fox 2. It had been completed in 1995, but with the N64 releasing the next year, and the Sony PlayStation and Sega Saturn hotly competing with them, elected to instead cancel it and shift some of the ideas to the new system, Star Fox 64, which is the one people have actually played. And that was just the facts. I played (laughs) Star Fox. It was a good game. I'm sure you have. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> I mean other people haven't alright it's time you finally read uh... it we're gonna talk about the light novel I wonder if I cried I at the same place pancreas. you cried probably <laughs> the other the other person I uh, talked to was like hey did you cry at blank point? And I was like, mm, how'd you know? <laughs> Here, what, what was the point? Uh, will you give me permission to cry now? Uh, sure, you can cry whenever. No, that was, that was the point. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was crying before then. I'd been crying okay. for like the chapter and a half leading up to that. I, I was teary but i cried honestly i was crying when i got to that point I, I was teary when a pro tag kun got punched in the face by the ex-boyfriend yeah i was crying uh after he saw the news broadcast yeah like from that point on it was just tears yeah I want to start this off with this is an incredible book <laughs> it's pretty it's good sad. it's sad it's it's definitely got some 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 bullshit <laughs> that it thrusts upon you all of a sudden you're like fuck you 
if you have not read this book and you intend to read this book, and I think you should read this book. I, I, I do. This is easily the best book we've read so far. I, I, I love Dendrogram. The, the uh, excitement is fun. I love Sword Art Online Progressive. The bullshit is fun. This is easily the best thing we've read. And I strongly suggest that anyone who hasn't read it go read it. Or I think there's a film. You can go watch the film. Um, there's a manga. Go read the manga. It's all going to be incredible. Because everyone I've spoken to who has partaken in this particular story has loved it and cried. <laughs> so, if you do intend to watch, read, uh, flip the manga, manga pages, stop and go do that. You can pick this up later. We're not making any money off of this anyways, so it's not like, oh, but the views. It just, uh, this is well worth enjoying for yourself. We're going to give a recap, and we're going to give our own thoughts about it, and it's going to spoil it. But... Read it anyway. Read it anyway. Uh, honestly, like, everyone I know that has read this already, or watched this already, still watches it. It's not It's not a one-and-done thing. You can keep reading it and watching it, and you'll cry every time. I mean, I don't think anything <laughs> is a one-and-done thing, but... The, yeah. the the guy I know who, like, the guy who suggested this, because I, I was looking for something else besides just uh, Sword Art Online for us to read, and there are some things I can pull out, like, I, I've got some, some trash I found on Amazon that who knows if it's good at all. Um, I mean, you uh, called it they're, trash, they're, so. <laughs> I mean, it's on Amazon, so. <laughs> is it only on Amazon? I don't know. That's the <laughs> only place I looked. Um, the, the, I wanted I wanted something different, and this person told me like this is his absolute favorite movie and his absolute favorite manga. Period. Just the the end. That's full stop. The number nine is like eight billion points lower. <laughs> Um, so they, they suggested this and I was like, all right, cool. And then afterwards he was like, yeah, so, um, I've watched the movie eight times <laughs> and I own the manga complete edition and I've read it multiple times. So if you do want to just carry on, that's fine. There's still lots to enjoy. But we're going to talk about I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. This is a book about a high school boy who meets a girl in the final year of her life as she dies of pancreatic cancer. The boy is incredibly introverted, a passive observer of life, where the girl is extraordinarily extroverted, living each moment like it could be her last. Over the few short months of their strange relationship... His dismissal of her grows into genuine care, his passive acceptance of her invitations becomes a desire to see her, and her outlook on life, the near opposite of his, infects him until he changes for the better, 
becoming a friendlier, more sociable person genuinely interested in the lives of those around him. This is a book about a girl dying of pancreatic cancer, who, on meeting her classmate in the hospital lobby reading her journal, a memoir entitled Living with Dying, chooses to share her secret with him, one which has not been shared outside her family. Finding a sense of normalcy in her, in her interactions with him, unclouded by the pre-mortem grief of her family and the constant secret-keeping with her friends, she spends time with him in an attempt to learn more about this boy who is her complete opposite. As her disease worsens and her time remaining is cut ever shorter, the pair create an odd relationship that allows her to grow, to become more introspective and recognize her place in the lives of her friends and family. It is also a book with a tremendous horseshit twist that I recognize the meaning of. Our time of death is never certain, even if a doctor has given us a clock. But robs so much of Sakura's story out from under her that it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. Um, it didn't. It didn't make the recap because I just forgot to put it in until the end, and then I didn't know where to put it. But this is also a book about broken promises and not like not the kind where like you you intentionally break a promise, but like you promise to do something and then life circumstances get in the way and that thing never ends up happening. Yeah, because Which happens to everyone. Yeah, mostly with dreams. Um. So much of this book is actually within the narration as things happen that I feel as though narrowing this recap down to this happened and this thing followed is missing the point entirely. Um, and, and I didn't write it. That's not a complete thought. My completer, more complete thought is... But, like, the the broad events that happen don't matter, right? Like... They go, they go on a trip to the city and, and they, they have a barbecue at a restaurant and they go to a hardware store where she buys a rope to pretend to suicide herself, you know, like, like mm-hmm. those things don't matter. What matters is like the tiny little personal beats between the two of them that you can't really like capture within a recap right no to recap this properly uh start at uh chapter one page one <laughs> page one and then read and the then, book uh, and then <laughs> skip every other space and, and then there you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all you can skip though you can't skip anything else yeah Uh, the, the Their two consecutive lunch dates near the start of the book are less important for them happening than they are for what they signify, Protag Kun establishing any sort of relationship with a person outside of himself, and to a lesser extent, the introduction of Sakura's best friend, Kyoko. Um, one thing I actually found really interesting while reading this book is his parents get like passing mentions a couple of times throughout the book right yeah but they're not really they're not really characters until near the end 
Yeah. And I thought that was a really, like, good way of the author, like, expressing the protagonist, like, like becoming more interested in people. Like, he's actually... One of the, the thing that I noticed the most, because he noticed it the most, is that his dad, like, pats him on the back every day before he goes to work. Mm-hmm. And, and like, his mom makes the best miso soup, you know? And he had never mentioned that before. But but as we get closer to the end, as he gets closer to Sakura, he's he's also getting closer to others around him, including his own family. And I thought that was, like, a really nice touch. Like, a good way to to emphasize that. And that happens with everything. Um because there's it's the the book starts with Sakura and him and as it goes on the annoying person that chews gum gets more character involved in him like it's it's not like oh you learn more about this character the protagonist recognizes more about the character the people in the classroom become not a noisy crowd that surrounds him and uh, keeps him from reading as clearly, but becomes people that he actually pays some level of attention to and notices and and sees the... Because when he starts the book, he talks about how he can read his book and it doesn't matter if there's an earthquake going on or someone's yelling in his ear, he can still read the book. And then as the book goes on, he notices his classmates talking about things and he noted like he he stops being just a bookworm and notices society around him more and more as it goes and like he makes a point saying like he doesn't care what people think about him um early on in the book like he he doesn't really care how people see him but he's clearly worried about like how they're perceiving him near the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't say as much, but the way he's talking to Sakura about it, like it clearly bothers him that they think he's like a stalker of some kind, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like he doesn't want to be seen that way by his peers. Yeah. Which early book him would not have cared. Yeah, wouldn't even have noticed, potentially. Yeah. Uh, The trip to Fukuoka is slightly more important for the events that transpire, especially the game of truth or dare in the hotel room. But again, the most important things are relegated to our main character's narration. When they witness a fight between an abusive customer and a server in a restaurant, and Sakura steps in to end it, it's more important that Protag Kun recognizes that others might receive, might perceive his not doing the same as cowardice or complicity, and that he notices Sakura calls him on neither and carries on the day just as before. You know, yeah, look, it's yeah, it's acceptance <laughs> for who he is. It's not saying he's he's wrong or right or anything for the way that he is. But just, he is who he is, and that's fine. 
<clears throat> the game of truth or dare comes dangerously close to them revealing their true feelings for each other, whatever those may be. But because of various <laughs> circumstances, his passiveness, her drunkenness, their adolescent minds, her illness weighing heavy on his mind at that particular moment, nothing ultimately comes of it and nothing ever will. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very, very important event, I would say, though. And it's it's just so hard to describe what's important about it. You know, without just like, just like opening the book and reading what is said. (laughs) I I, I guess one thing to to mention is that I'd say this is maybe the first point where he starts thinking that there is something more going on with her um, disease that like it's it's. Well, she's not that 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 he is becoming more of just one of her friends that she's keeping secrets from just different ones about her illness and that it's worse than he understands. Yeah, because he opens up that backpack and he sees like all of the pills and the the syringes and the medicine and shit that she had to take with her just for an overnight trip. You know, yeah. Like, she had to make sure she had all of that on hand, just in case, while she was gone overnight. And, like, that implies so much more than she she has before. Because, up to that point, it's really... I mean, he, he says multiple times, like, it's hard to tell if she even actually is sick. You know, like, yeah. the way she acts... It, it it comes across like she could just be putting on an act. And then that's the mm-hmm. moment where it hits him that she absolutely is not. Yeah. <sighs> I have difficulty with the next major event because what it amounts to is the protagonist comes very close to raping Sakura. She invites him over to her house, ostensibly to lend him a book. Then they hang out for a while playing games until he decides he's ready to go. She catches him off guard with a hug from behind and words that imply she wants to have sex with him, which angers him because he feels as though she's toying with his emotions. She tries to pass it off as a prank, but he pins her to the bed hard and holds her there until he notices tears in her eyes and realizes he's genuinely hurting her. He leaves the house, but is noticed by her ex-boyfriend, and he says some hurtful things to the ex that result in him getting punched. Sakura had chased after him and helps him recover at her house, where they both apologize to each other and mend their friendship. Yeah, it was a hard segment to read. Yeah. I... It has been a bit since I've read it. But I don't remember it seeming like he was going to rape her so much as he... He didn't know what he was going to do. He was just angry. 
I think that's a fair reading. But also, what else do you do to a woman after you've pinned them on the bed? Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is the turning point for our main character as he starts to understand he doesn't truly live inside his own bubble separate from other people. That his words and actions can cause them harm. It is a genuine flaw in his personality that he has to face. But I do wonder if it needed to go as far as it did for the author to get him to recognize this flaw. In fairness, it's also a flaw of Sakura's that she's so caught up in her pranks and put on cheeriness that she sometimes fails to recognize the pain she's causing to others around her. And they both have to grow past this. Yeah. And then, and then you're going to go over like, like four chapters worth. I feel like of of time, just in two sentences. <laughs> but I th- yeah, I think it's two chapters. But yeah, she spends the next four weeks in the hospital trying to set Kyoko and Pro Tag Kun up as friends, as she learns that she now only has six months to live and keeps that a secret from Pro Tag Kun. They start up a game wherein they hug each other every time he comes to visit and set up a date for the day she's released from the hospital this is also like, a, yeah this Go. is also the time the time period where we see the most of Kyoko um mm-hmm. because as we learn in the diary afterwards like she's intentionally scheduling them so that like as the protagonist is leaving he will run into Kyoko yeah and, and like it's kind of fucked up for her to do that it is and also it, it it's kind of a disservice it does not like help she, she's she yeah she's trying <laughs> to set them up as friends and in so doing uh makes protagoon um mortally feared for his life and, and makes Kyoko, Kyoko intensely angry at Protagon. Yeah. Yeah. Murderous. <laughs> because because she's keeping the secret from them, right? Uh, more mm-hmm. than one secret, right? Like, she's keep Obviously, she's keeping the secret of her... The illness that is supposed to kill her from Kyoko. And, which robs any context for why she might be hanging out with Protag Kun in the first place. You know? Yeah. The, the, Just all of a sudden this random dweeb. <laughs> I mean, and, and dweeb is the right term. Right. <laughs> like, like it, 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 it does not make any sense outside of that context why she would suddenly be hanging out with the quiet bookworm who is friends with nobody in the class. Yeah, actually nobody. Um, and at the same time, she's lying to Protagoon about the context of why she would want to set Kyoko up, in that she only has six months to live, and once she's gone... Kyoko's best friend will be gone. Yeah. Yeah. And she wants... 
she wants to make sure that they each have a support structure for after she's gone, right? Yeah. Because Protag-kun has literally nobody else, and Kyoko <laughs> is about to lose the person who means the most to her. And... Yeah. But she can't just tell them this. And, and like, she really needed to. You know? But, like, if she was going to play this game of setting them up together, she needed to come clean to Kyoko. She needed to tell her intentions to Protag-kun. Yep. But never happens. But it never happens. There is one thing I want to add before the next bit. Because okay. uh, the last thing you said was uh, we're setting up a date for the day she's released from the hospital. Uh, Protag-kun goes to the date. Um, he goes to the the coffee shop where they're going to meet and while he's there does a lifetime of introspection thinking about what she means to him and and what he's become and and he he realizes that he is not satisfied with how he's lived so far and that with her, he's he's not ever going to be able to go back to that. He needs like he he is not satisfied with the 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 him he was, and and she has shown him another way to be, and vice versa. Uh, how he's noticed her change some, and is super excited about uh, finally telling her. And, and and showing her who he's going to be. Carry on. Uh, that even missed what I <clears throat> what I think is the most important part of that, which is, but like the the realization he has that um, happenstance is really just a a a an effect of the choices that we make. Like, there's no such mm, thing as yeah. true coincidence. But, like, everything is a choice. You know, we choose to go somewhere. We choose to say this. We choose to do that. We choose to be people's friends. You know? There there were so many, like, choices he didn't realize he was making along the way that led to them to where they were at that moment. It's... Yeah, it's been a minute since I've read it, so yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he spends most of the book monologuing to himself about how he is not choosing to go on this trip. He's not choosing to go get barbecue. He's not choosing. He is just a little raft in the river. A and, boat of reeds. She, yeah, a boat of reeds, and, and she is blowing him wherever she wills. Um, and and he's he's just going along with it and and then it it ends with him realizing that i chose to be a raft of reeds i i chose to to even if i wasn't making the choice of oh let's go to um fukuoka yeah uh, uh he he chose to trust and follow sakura yeah, like the whole time. He had agency at every step along the way, and he robbed himself of believing that he had that agency. 
But yeah. like, it's the idea of like when you're presented with an with a this or this choice, right? Yeah. Not making a choice is still a choice because yeah. something still happens. You know, like like yeah. if she said if she texted him, we're gonna go on a trip tomorrow. And then he chose he he didn't text her right. That's still a choice. Mm-hmm. He texts yeah. her back and, and like makes snarky comments. That's still a choice. He promises to go along with with whatever she says, and, and then like he gets there and he realizes that it's an overnight trip. He chooses to go anyway. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh it's like the trolley problem in that. You can choose to make it go one way and kill one person, or you can not choose anything and it kills the others. Either way is a choice. Yeah. If you yeah. have if, the if ability you, to pull that lever... If you turn around lever, and walk away... Yeah. <laughs> you, that's a, for, that's for a choice. For every A and B choice, there is only A and B. That's it. There's, there's no C, I choose not to choose. Whether you choose it or you allow someone else to choose for you by fate or by time or because, you know, sometimes time can be the choice. You choose not to do A or or, like choose to do A or not A. Uh, Not A is because you let time run out. Everything you do is a choice. Yeah. And yeah, he he finally he he grasps that at the very end, waiting for the date. Yeah, they never have this date because the bullshit twist is she gets murdered by a random knife killer on the way to meet him. So yeah. I, I want to take a quick break after that one sentence. And so they did talk about this knife killer earlier in the book. Yeah, it, it was on the news once. Um, they, they talked, talked about, about it on the train to Fukuoka. Yeah, yeah, they they talked about it in school. Um, the, the train to Fukuoka. Yeah. Um, that doesn't make but, it any less of a bullshit twist. It is completely random. Yeah, it's out of the blue. <laughs> it's intended to be out and, of the blue. And and I under like like I said at the start of the recap, I understand the reason for the bullshit twist. I understand what it signifies. I I get it. I totally get it. I still hate it. <laughs> like just on a narrative level, I hate this twist. <laughs> He doesn't go to her funeral and only visits her family days afterward, and he is given the book Living with Dying, which reveals her true feelings for him and helps to cement his understanding of her, himself, and their relationship. He shares and then the... we cried. And then we cried. <laughs> well, then you cried. I was crying that whole section. <laughs> he shares the book with Kyoko, who says she'll never forgive him for keeping Sakura's illness secret from her. We then flash forward a year to the two of them, now best friends, visiting Sakura's grave. And going to keep a promise. They're going to go uh, 
have have dinner at, at her house at Sakura's house. The yeah, two of them together. Incredible book. It's a very good book. You know why the the twist pisses me off so much? I can, I can tell uh, reflecting on it, I can tell you exactly why this twist pisses me off. It's the exact twist of Bridge to Terabithia. <laughs> yes, it it is. <laughs> like 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 the protagonist goes to do some everyday daily activity and and while he's doing that his 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 friend who is a girl dies of of random random chance yeah and i hate it i hate that every time it happens because Like that is that is the real world, right? That you know, mm-hmm. things do just happen. But like bullshit things happen every day. You never know when it's coming. But in a book, when you're reading a book, you want things to mean things. Yeah, you know. Like, we spend all this time with her, like, understanding how she's coping and not coping with the disease that is going to eventually kill her. And then it doesn't. Like, the disease didn't matter. It never mattered. Because she was going... She she was killed by, by a random serial killer. Yeah. And it's it's so frustrating when that happens in fiction. For me, yeah, I don't know about other people, but for me, it's it is so frustrating because it's not it's not paying anything off, you know. It is explicitly yeah. not paying things off. The point of yeah. it is to not pay things off. Yes. <laughs> the, 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 the point of it is to throw away the wallet yeah there is there is no payment gonna happen so so many things foreshadowed never come to fruition because because of this and, and I hate it that's that's all I wanted to say <laughs> yeah yeah Beyond yeah. beyond that, it is it is a very beautiful book, and I love it. I don't know if I'll ever read it again. It might be one of those things like like there's a movie called Dancer in in the Dark, that stars Bjork. That's just like like one bad thing after another happening to this woman, and it's a very good movie, beautiful movie. It made me sick watching it the first time, and I'll probably never watch it again. <laughs> okay. You know? Th- yeah. This might be a book like that. 
but it was still worth it the one time to read it. Yeah. I'll probably read it again. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to pass it around to people. Oh yeah, I would I would tell other people to read this book. Absolutely. Mhm. Anyways, anything uh, else? That's it. That, that's that's it. <laughs> okay. Um uh next week we're going to be playing games. Um woo. Uh <laughs> yeah. Are we is this are we back on track now? Do we have 2 weeks or I think I think we are back on track. Let me see. Let's see if we or do we need to do one more to be back on track? Should be the month. I need one more. So, yeah, this will be another. What another if another one next week? Hold on. Yeah. What if we yeah. give ourselves two weeks for this one? And then we do another set of like one week, one week, one week. And then we're caught up. Because of Thanksgiving? Sure. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I mean, it's Thanksgiving, so I'm still not going to take the time to, to beat Ultima 2. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> Just move um, on to Ultima 3. You didn't seem to like Ultima too much. No, I'm, I'm going to beat it. <laughs> you don't have to. Nobody told you to. That's true. Um, hmm. Oh, yeah, you found all your games now. What do you mean? Well, next week we're doing games. Yeah. What do you mean I found all my In games now? And you're going to play Pokemon Ranger. Ooh, I've actually played that one before. Okay. Yeah. Oh shit! I guess I have to. I, I have to pick one. Yeah. Uh. Before the Echo. Did he play this? It says it's unplayed. Huh. What is it on? Steam. Okay. Is it red or green? Uh, green. Oh, fuck! Okay. <laughs> oh, Listen, I don't know anything about this. I just went to your backloggery and saw the words and said them. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Fuck. Let's see. What is what is this? Oh, it's a rhythm game. It's a rhythm, it's a RPG. rhythm RPG. Wow. Hmm. Uh, you have this fun with that. Suck. <laughs> this is gonna. This is gonna suck ass. <laughs> Uh, hey, it, it's rated very positive. Yeah. Should I pull out my DDR pad for this? 
Uh, should you? <laughs> no, I should not. <laughs> uh, oh, it does say it can't be played on Windows 11. Do you, do you use Windows 11? No, I do not. Okay. I use 10 like the sane people. Yeah, one of the reviews said it couldn't be used with that one, so... Alright, and as always, we do a mutual mobile game. This time, it's going to be a premium game. That's right, you're going to have to actually drop money on this. A whole 99 cents for the epic RPG Evertale. In addition, we're going to be doing some one-hit blunders. Oh, this time, we're going to be listening to Lemon Demon's album, Dinosaurkestra. What is so, the um, one hit on that one? The Ultimate Showdown. Oh, okay. Oh, the that's Ultimate right. Destiny. That's, I remember. And uh, that's it. We'll see you next time. Would you believe me uh, if I say that that song is not their most listened to song on, on Spotify? Really? Yeah. What is? Uh, it looks like touch tone telephone. Really? Yep. From their 2016 album. Interesting. Very interesting. I'll have to listen to that. Um. Okay. On Spotify, that is. Um. Yeah. That's it. See you next time. Happy Bye. Thanksgiving. Curse the pilgrims. Fuck the pilgrims.